Avcom. Evcol Entertainment presents Samantha Boffin in Skin. Blast. Oh God, it's so bloody dark. I can't see a thing. Mind you, we needed to do this at night. I mean, what would people say? Where did they... Ah, got you. Right, now, let's try this again. Hmm, great. Hmm. Let's get you inside now. Oh, uh, come on. Oh, oh, come. Uh, right. Whew. Okay, shut the door. Hmm. I need to get that looked at. It's never ending. If it's not one thing, it's another. That's what I said to the broadband engineer the other day. I mean, I'm all right. Mine was sorted when I moved in, but him next door, he procrastinated and moaned and moaned. I had to give up on him. Tried avoiding him whenever I left the house. He just wouldn't shut up about it. I remember saying to him, oh, when was it? Oh, yeah, a week last Thursday. Here's the number. It's free phone. Just call them and get it sorted. Right. Now, let's get you down. Hmm. Right. God, you're a big lad. Oh, God. Oh, I just need to get your leg in. Oh, oh God, that's going to hurt. God, that leave a mark, that will. <sighs> Never the mind. Oh, God. It's musty down here. I did give it a good airing. Doesn't seem to have made the blindest bit of difference. Still, a cellar is a cellar is a cellar, I guess. It is what it is, no matter how you spin it. You'll be okay, though. You won't mind. It won't be for long, anyway. I mean, <laughs> it's not like you've booked a two-week spa resort holiday in the Maldives, is it? <laughs> I wonder what two weeks with you would be like. Beside the pool. <laughs> on a beach, walking, horseback riding. Oh, actually, no, not that. I haven't been on a horse in years. I did read the other day that the Greeks are stopping overweight tourists riding the donkeys. You know, the ones which carry you up the winding roads in those hilltop villages. Poor blighters. They wouldn't have allowed my sister on one. <laughs> Goodness, no. She is piling on the pounds as she gets older. I think it's those diet drinks. The soda ones. They say no sugar, but I'm sure it does something to you. Your insides, it bloats them or something. Because the girls at work, the ones that keep guzzling them down, well, they're not getting any thinner, no matter how hard they try and convince you otherwise. That's the trouble with some folks. Totally delusional. Now, don't you go troubling yourself. I'll take care of it. Let's get this open. I'm guessing you're finding it a bit stuffy in there. Hessian sacking is a bit rough, I know, but I needed something strong, and, well, you're a big lad. It's a good job I doubled the rehypnal dose in your scotch. 
I, I don't mean that in a horrible way. You're not, you know, fat, but you're tall. Just shy of six foot, I'd guess, and you're, you're slender, but toned. I noticed that. When did I first notice that? Oh, yes, in May. It was getting very humid, and you started to take your jacket off at the office. You always kept it on, and I thought you were a bit shy. I know a couple of the girls who are a bit body conscious, always wearing loose-fitting stuff, always worried about their belly fat. Mind you, one of them is as thin as a rake, so I'm guessing she must have suffered some sort of body shaming early on, as she really should flaunt it while she can. Gravity always wins in the end, you can be sure of that. I'll get you off this floor in a short while. It must be a bit chilly, being concrete. I've prepared everything, so you don't need to worry. It took me a while to get all this sorted. But then, I wasn't in any sort of rush. I just needed to get myself in the right headspace. Well, you must know what that's like, being in marketing. I mean, it's all right, someone barking demands at you, but unless you're of the right mindset, you can't possibly come up with new ideas, and on such tight deadlines. No wonder you, well, you treated some people the way you did. Under pressure, I imagine. Luckily, you never spoke to me the way you did to Elaine. My goodness, I wouldn't have stood for it. No way. I mean, the occasional snap is all well and good. Not ideal, mind, but under pressure you can be forgiven for losing your cool, but... I watched from across the office. You really did have it in for her. And she let you get away with it. I imagine she rather liked you. Her being single and looking for a chap. She probably thought you were, you know, the one. Workplace romance. (laughs) I must admit that I also lost my temper the other day. With Alison, the new girl we brought in to help with admin. Oh, she doesn't half complain. And she's only 21. I was a little taken aback by her complaining about the amount of filing she has to do. I pointed out to her, I think in a delicate way, that at the interview it was mentioned more than once that filing, along with supporting the technical team, was a substantial part of the job requirement. I mean, I don't know what she was thinking. These youngsters really... What people don't really understand is that their behaviour really does affect me. The sheer workload of recruitment. Can you find a replacement for Bill? Eileen is off on maternity leave. We'll need someone to cover for her. The sheer amount of time and paperwork and dealing with recruitment agencies, I mean, it takes forever and a day. I wish people would just read the job advert properly and decide whether they're up for the task in hand. Hmm, where was I? Oh, yes, sorry, love. I went off on one, didn't I? We were talking about lustful thoughts. No, no, we'd moved on. I was about to mention work in the afternoon. I remember. That's what I said to June, John's assistant. My best time of day, my most productive time of day, is always the morning, between 8.45 and 11.30. Without a shadow of a doubt, that's when I get most of my work done. 
then there's lunch, we hit the afternoon, and by 2pm, well, (laughs) I don't know about you, but I just want to take a nap. And by the time 2.45 comes, well, I'm done. They've got that nailed in Spain, siesta, where they all get their heads down for a kip and then come back to work in the evening when it's cooler. June said she'd rather plough through and get the early train. I understand what she means. She does live in Upminster, right at the end of the line, so it's a way to go for her, but we're here in Bethnal Green, well... It's only 20 minutes from St Paul's, so for me it takes no time. Oh, I've gone and told you where we are. Now that was a bit of a slip. But never mind. We'll just keep it between the two of us. Right then, time to get your clothes off and get you ready. Now, you don't need to do a thing. Just lay there and I'll sort you out. I just need to inject you with this. There you go. Oh, let me wipe that drop of blood off. Don't want it getting infected now, do we? My goodness, this is so exciting. Going to be a real treat for the both of us. I can't tell you how fast my heart is beating. Racing like a a Formula One car, speeding off from the starting grid. I guess this is what Lewis Hamilton must feel like. Oh, listen to me prattling on. You don't even get the chance to butt in with a single comment. Not with what you've been injected with. That's probably a first for you. But no grudges, hey. Right then. I'm going to get you up onto that table and we'll see what's what. Hello? Hello? Are you with me? Come on now. It's time to, you know, move on. And for that to happen, I want you to be awake. I need to look into your eyes and see what you're feeling. Because, well, that's the point of all this, isn't it? Oh, well, of course you wouldn't know, but I'll tell you as we go on. I think you'll find it fascinating. Well, for me, anyway. Not so much for you. For you, it'll be an experience. Not one you're going to forget. Of that, I'm sure. Let's just say it's all for a good cause. Hmm, Well, again, a a good cause for me. (laughs) An enlightenment, if you like. It's, It's like wanting to satisfy a thirst and you find the very thing that will quench it. That's the best, isn't it? When you figure out a way to tackle something and find some sort of resolution which will give you a degree of satisfaction, even if it's only fleeting. But how often does an opportunity like that come along? Hey, not often. I can tell you that for nothing. We can't have you make a noise. What would the neighbours think? So, I've injected you with something I bought on the internet from Hong Kong. I googled it first and then figured out a way to get hold of some. How do I immobilise someone so they know what's going on but can't move or call out? That's what I asked, or or something like that. And they gave me the answer. (laughs) What is the world coming to? You know, depending on where you are, in which country I mean, the rules about what you can and cannot buy over the counter, so to speak, is... is... (sighs) 
Well, it confounds me, to be honest. I mean, you can't take Sudafed or, or Vicks even into Japan. Codeine is a problem in the USA and, well, it goes on. But with plain packaging and PayPal, well, the options are endless. There's always someone somewhere who wants to help. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's all about the money. But people can be so helpful and not ask too many questions. It's like living here in the East End of London, one of the world's wealthiest and most populated cities. Who would think that at 2.30 in the morning I could rock up in a zip hire car and roll out a ruddy big sack? I mean, how suspicious is that? Without anyone saying anything. Yeah, I know. That's what you're thinking. But did anyone question me? <laughs> did they heck? People just don't want to see. That's what it is. Even if something happened right there in front of them, they'd swear blind they hadn't seen anything. Come to think of it, I wonder if that's a real London thing. No one ever looks at each other in the eyes, even when they're travelling on the tube. Folks are always looking down, frightened that something untoward might happen if they catch someone's eye. We have a park just around the corner, and, well, there's been many a time when I've been coming home late at night, and when I used to come home late at night, when I used to go out and have a social life, but that all starts to evaporate as you get on a bit, doesn't it? So, yes, well, the park. Well, I often used to see a car speed up and just under the bridge there'd be someone waiting and the car window would roll down and the person would hand over a note, probably a tenner, but maybe even 20 quid, or whatever the going rate is these days, and the person inside would toss them a pill and then the car would squeal off. Or there'd be a group of folks who jumped the park fence They'd lock the park gates at night, you see, but there's, there's a place where you can just climb over and they'd sit on the swing and light up a crack pipe or be busy shooting up other stuff, having a real party. And to think the police station is only a couple of streets away, but no one says a thing. And there's a kindergarten just opened up. I mean, can you imagine what the parents of the kids would say if they knew that the very swing their kids were playing on during the day, their innocent little tots, was being used as a drug hangout after hours. I wonder if I should let the police know about that. It's quite wrong. Quite brazen of them when you think about it. But as I was saying, there's me, rolling out a sack from a little hire car in the middle of a plethora of flats and houses and then dragging it into my garden flat. And not a murmur from anyone. Tell you what, I never thought I could do it. Because I'm not that big, oh, physically, when you think about it. But when I decided to do this, you know, what we're doing now, I thought that I'd need to increase my upper body strength just so I could do that. You see, I have been planning. This wasn't just an off-the-cuff brain fart. So, there's this gym under the arches on Malcolm Place, which runs along the bottom side of the park. And they didn't have fancy equipment, like the cardiovascular stuff, the running machines, all that malarkey. No, they're all like, uh, well, Neanderthal-like. You know, 
It's almost as if their knuckles drag along the floor as they walk. I know that sounds beastly, but, well, that's what it felt like. Even some of the women were like that. In fact, one that I can think of really scared me. I swear she was taking something to build up her physique, but one doesn't like to ask. But I'd seen these people working out and thought how stressful it all looked. But when I was working on my plan, I suddenly realised that I needed to get myself some... some... well, some strength. Physical strength. And it was when I saw a couple of the chaps literally dragging huge tractor tyres along the road with a rope tied around their waist that I thought, well, Vivian, that's what you need to do. And I did. <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> Can you believe it? Right then. What I need to do. What I need to do. Ah, yes. I need to soften your skin. That's what. Now, you just lay there. <laughs> Silly me. That's all you can do. <laughs> but I'd better check on the dosages. We don't want you causing any problems now, do we? Maybe I'll just top you up with another injection. Just to be on the safe side. Well... We really don't need to follow any recommended daily doses in this situation, do we? <laughs> That's a relief, because I always get it wrong. I'll do that. Here we go. And then I'm going to get a bowl of warm water with some shower gel mixed in and give you a good scrub down. All the nooks and crannies, as my mother used to say. We need to get you nice and clean. I bought summer fruits fragrance. Well, I did think about mint tea tree, but that's a bit of a zinger. And with this cold air, it might feel a bit nippy. And we want you to be just right. No skin shrinkage. No. We want it to be just right. We don't need to do your hair, though. We need to keep that dry. They only have so many towels. So we need to use those for other things. However, and I know you're always one for a bargain... I did pick up a couple of towel bundles from John Lewis, on offer, mind. Cream, very fluffy, for under 20 quid. I, how good is that? Now, I'm going to nip upstairs and get what I need. Pop this E45 cream into the microwave for a few seconds. Warm it up a little as that makes it much easier to apply. And mix in some cocoa butter. That will make it smell lovely. And then I'll bring that and the water down. Oh, I'm also a bit parched. So, as you're all ready and comfortable, I'm going to pop the kettle on and have a coffee. I need the pick-me-up. I mean, normally I'd be having a chamomile tea now, but as we've a busy night ahead, I want to make sure I maintain my energy levels. I'll leave you now and be back in ten minutes or so. Then we can get started. I'm back. <laughs> Bought my coffee with me. I have everything ready. Oh, I see the washing started. Economy 7. I didn't realise it was already 3.15. Doesn't time fly? Now then. Oh, by the way, have you tried Kenko Smooth? <laughs> my goodness, it's not bad for an instant coffee. With a splash of milk, no sugar mind, it really does hit the spot. Hmm. I'll let you into a secret. I did a double spoon of coffee, as I thought I'd need it to be a bit stronger for tonight's. Hmm, what do we call what we're doing? 
escapade. Adventure? Experiment. Oh, now I know. Let's just think of it as a quest for personal advancement. How does that sound? So, just to let you know what's going to happen now, so we're on the same page, so to speak, I'm going to wash you down all over and then moisturise your skin. Make it all soft and smooth. Here we go. I hope the water's not too cold. I did buy some razors, as I didn't know whether you'd be hairy. They're the sensitive skin ones. Didn't want you getting a rash. I watched you closely at work to see if you shaved every day. You know, facial hair. To see if you missed it for a morning, if there'd be a significant growth. But you didn't seem to grow much on the odd occasion you didn't shave. I guess that's when you had a night out on the tiles with the lads. Never saw you with a girlfriend, even at company get-togethers, so I couldn't tell if you were one to play the field, so to speak. But I see you have a bit of chest hair. And under the arms, legs. I'm going to leave that area. I don't want you to think that I'm getting fresh or a bit of a pervert. We can leave that region and I'll deal with it later. So, what I'll do is wash you all over, then shave off the hair, pat you down, then slap on some cream. How does that sound? I've been reading up on this, so I know what I'm doing. You'll just have to trust me. Oh, love, the look in your eyes. They're really red. Is it because you're naked in front of me? You really don't need to be embarrassed. Absolutely not. How can I ease your mind? Think of it like this. Imagine that you're going through a type of rebirth. That you're going to shed off the shackles of life that you've come to know over the past... Now, what is it now? I did see your personnel file. 31. I, I think that's how old you are. Yes. 21st March. Yeah, that's right. You turned 31 this year. 31 years. I guess you've had a sort of okay life. School, uni, a bit of travelling, moving to London, working in the tech industry. <laughs> you've done some interesting work, but nothing that's going to get you an entry on Wikipedia. Am I being too harsh? I don't mean to be. I'm pretty much in the same boat as you, to be honest. No one's going to remember me. Which is why I'm doing all of this. All that I'm doing now. All the planning and research and, well, all of it. It's given me a new lease of life. A reason for being, if you like. Oh, wait up, what's the time? I need to keep to my schedule. 3.42. Yep. We're doing just fine. Now, I think we're just about finished with the washing. Let's shave off that hair and then towel you down and rub in the cream. Come to think of it, people pay good money for this sort of treatment. I remember going to the local spa. It was normally £45 for a three-hour session. But because I was a local resident, I could get it for £25. Don't get me wrong, it was Lovely. There was the sauna, a couple of steam rooms with different diffuser scents, 
a Turkish bath with three different heat settings, a plunge pool. There was a relaxing room with fruit and cool water with lemon in, fresh lemon, and one with limes and, and big fluffy gowns. And as I was relaxing, I looked at the price card for the massages. And for a simple 30-minute neck and shoulder massage, it was like £45. I mean, what the bejesus? I don't want to sound cheap because I'm not, and I do believe in people paying for a service, but that was a bit steep. And here I am, giving you a wash-down shave and moisturise for free. <laughs> and all I'm asking is that you let me do it. <gasps> what a bargain. I suppose it could be argued that this is, to an extent, sexual harassment of a kind, but in my defence, and I do want to be clear and above board with you about this, I haven't in any way molested or bothered you. Well, I know you're lying here paralysed and you're stark naked and I'm rubbing in cream, but there's a purpose for all this. And in no way, shape or form is it sexual. I want to make that categorically clear. Even when we were having a drink in the bar and there was this little twinkle in your eye, I didn't lead you on. No, I didn't. I was polite and understanding and listened to your stories. <laughs> the one about the monkey and the tangerine was hysterical, by the way. I must remember that. Oh, that'll be the rinse cycle starting. It's a blooming good machine, that is. £269 from Curry's. Now, what was I saying? Oh, yes, flirting. <laughs> I didn't on any occasion suggest that we take this to the next level. Well, not in the way you'd normally think. And to be fair, you never pushed it. And you bought me roasted peanuts. <laughs> I have to say, I was a bit disappointed in the cider, though. It was a bit flat. I did think it was going to be the fruitier one, it being a micropub and all that, but, well, maybe it was just a bad barrel. I don't think I'll be going there again. But you never know. There were some lovely-looking chaps. And I know it was getting dark, but oh, their skin, some of them look really clear. I bet they use product. It's the only way to explain it. I just hope it's not tested on animals. That's where I draw the line. So you never know. If this goes well and I can see some future in it, then, huh, maybe I'll become a regular. I mean, it's not too far and there's good parking nearby. It's ideal, in fact. But, yeah, well, with things like this, I, I suppose you should use different locations. Spread it about a bit, otherwise... Well, otherwise folk become a bit suspicious. I think you know where I'm coming from. Right then, I think that about does it. You're all creamed up. My goodness, your skin does shine. Looks nearly new. Just let me wipe my hands with a towel and I'll explain. Do you need another injection? Hmm, let me give you half a dose. I need you to be awake just so I can see your eyes. Look into them as I'm doing what I'm going to do. It helps me, you see, for when I do it again, 
I believe that you can learn as much from looking into someone's eyes with something like this as you can do reading heaps of textbooks. Though I'm not sure there'd be many around on this subject. <laughs> the internet. I'm sure there'll be someone somewhere who has something to say. There always is. The internet. A blessing and a curse all rolled into one, and in about the same measure. Still, that's the way we're rolling at the moment, so probably best to go with the flow. So, what's all this about, I hear you say? Well, you can't speak as such, but I imagine that's what you're thinking. And as I'm about to take a few liberties with your body, I think you more than deserve an answer. And when we get going, I'll fill you in. Just let me look at the time again. I need the moisturiser to settle in to make the skin soft. So we'll have to give it another... Hmm, 20 minutes or so. Ideally, it would have been longer, but that's going to have to be a note to self for the next time. Give yourself a bit more time, Vivian. Yep. 20 minutes, and then... Well, then... I'll begin to cut. I'm going to talk you through what I'm doing, so I'll be with you all the way. I want to show you these. These are surgical stainless steel scalpels from China. Top quality. I'm not sure whether they use them on the NHS, but I'm sure they do. Well, something similar, anyway. What's the difference between stainless steel and surgical, I sense you ask? Well, surgical steel is a type of stainless steel. The main difference between surgical steel and stainless steel is that surgical steel has only biomedical applications, whereas stainless steel has many different applications. Does that make sense? You're a bright chap. I'm sure you understand. Now, a question you might be asking yourself, one of many questions, I'm sure, is, are they hygienic? And here's your answer. Surgical scalpels consist of two parts, a blade and a handle. The handles are often reusable, with the blades being replaceable. In medical applications, each blade is only used once. Of course, we are in an era of austerity, and I am on a budget, so both the handle and the blade are going in the dishwasher after I've finished. Now, how all of this came about? You know, I am going to put some more cream on your thighs. They might need softening up a little. Your chest looks good. And your arms and your face. Yeah, that's going to be okay. Just need to make sure I make the incision in the right place. So, I was watching Steve Irwin. You know, the crocodile hunter. The chap that died from a stingray injury to his heart. And I thought, my goodness. Just look at all the wonderful wildlife we have on this planet. I also watched David Attenborough's The Blue Planet and was so enraptured by it all. So, you can imagine my horror, nay dismay, when I next channel hopped and saw a pencil-thin model parading like some dyspraxic spider along a London catwalk with a real fur stole draped across her shoulders. I became enraged by it. I mean, it just hit me, literally there and then. All the killing, the brutal killing of the world's wildlife from bears to deer to minks bred for their fur to fox hunting. 
I was on Facebook and I liked a couple of animal welfare pages and an anti-fox hunting one. And the, the images, oh, the images, the continual barrage of horrific things that humans do to the rest of the animals on this planet. It's, well, it's unforgivable. Dogs carved up for the meat festival in Korea. Bullfighting in Spain. Dolphins left abandoned in zoos where the owners had gone bankrupt and just left them. Bears with nose rings and trained to entertain bloated, ignorant tourists. Poachers. Rhino. Elephants. Lions. All of them just shot for fun. And then... Trophy hunters. Posing beside their kills on Facebook looking as proud as punch. Photos of magnificent animals just display to the world with a sleazy coward brandishing a gun posed beside them as if they'd just done something worthwhile with their meaningless lives and wanted the rest of us to know, to embrace their gloating, wanting us to know that they had successfully announced to the world that they were part of the problem, that they had such disregard for life, that they had put themselves above all else, a, a god, if you like. Well, not that I believe in God, mind. Not in any organised religion, for that matter. But, but they announced their self-professed importance. But that's not how I see it. For me, they painted a target on their backs for people like me. People who will hold them to account. But that's the long-term plan. Baby steps are what's needed right now. So, after weeks of getting myself wound up by the evil done by humans to other species, I had a revelation. I remember when it came. I do. I was in Sainsbury's, the one just round the corner from the office. I was buying my lunch. A garden salad and a strawberry yoghurt. I couldn't eat meat any longer. Those poor chickens. Oh, it pains me just to think about them. I decided that I needed to do something, something constructive, something that would help address some of the imbalance of the world. I didn't quite know what to do at first. There were so many thoughts racing through my mind. I had lots of ideas, I, I really did. But when I sat down with my cocoa and thought them through, I could see that most of them didn't make sense. So I had to rethink. It was then that I read an interview with Bill Gates and him saying that although the birth rates are faltering in the developed world, in the poorest parts of Africa, they're booming. He reckons by 2050, the 10 poorest countries on that continent are projected to contain 65% of the world's population and deemed living in extreme poverty. It can't go on. The world's already so overpopulated, we're going to run out of resources. I mean, look at London alone. What is it, over 8 million people? Over 66 million in the UK? And then factor in the rest of the world? It defies belief when you think about it. I also read that we, as humans, have killed off 60% of the animal life of the world since 1970. I don't know where all these facts and figures come from, but they're all saying the same sort of thing. That unless we do something about humans, 
well, we're going to, well, basically implode. Isn't that a sobering thought? And then came Soylent Green, a film I caught on late night TV with Charlton Heston. Not that I'm a fan of his gun-toting mutterings, but that film, well, to me, it was an inspiration. It brought home a reality of what lies in store for us all. You know the film. No? Well, it's set in the future, and there's a line that Heston's character, Detective Robert Thorne, utters as he progresses with his investigation of the murder of an executive at the Soylent Corporation and stumbles upon a sinister revelation. Thorne says, Ocean's dying. Plankton's dying. It's people. Soylent Green is made out of people. They're making food out of people. Next thing, they'll be breeding us like cattle for food. Frightening, isn't it? Maybe at one time it was someone's fantastical idea of good sci-fi storytelling, but in truth, well, in truth, it could well become a reality. Oh, bugger. Look at me, knocking off my coffee cup, so clumsy. So, where do we go? What do we do? My mind, it's befuddling, if there is such a word. We're in crisis, we truly are, and folks are seemingly blind to it. I just can't get my head around it. I really can't. But even with all that going on, not only in my mind, but also in the world as a whole, I didn't get distracted from my own plan. Oh, there were moments when I wavered. I really did. But do you know what I did? To sort myself out and get myself back on track. I took a deep breath, closed my eyes, and thought of my last big holiday. It was a while ago, in December 2000. I went to Goa with a friend. There were political problems between India and Pakistan at the time, so lots of tourists stayed at home. The place was empty. There were times when my friend and I had a whole beach to ourselves. It was wonderful. Fresh food, bright sunshine not too hot, the waves rolling in from a deep blue ocean. There was just a slight breeze, just a slight one, which helped keep you cool. It was lovely. And thinking about that, sipping a lovely cup of citrus-flavoured tea really helped me focus again. And here we are. Let's look at the time. Right, 18 minutes. Let's just give it a couple more and then I'll start. Now, what I'm going to do is start with your leg. I'm going to cut from the groin to the outside, to the edge of your buttocks. <laughs> oh, what the heck? <laughs> Let's just say bum and be done with it. I think we can dispense with some of the formalities now. So, I'm going to cut around the top of your leg, then down the side to the top of the knee, across the front of your leg, right above the kneecap, and then back up along your inside leg. So, we cut a sort of rectangle, if you like. Then, I'm going to peel the skin from the cut area as carefully as I can, as I'd like to get the whole section out in one piece. 
I'll hang that to dry. I went and bought one of those plastic freestanding laundry drying things from the corner shop. Great value. Some of the stuff they have in there, well, the prices, you just can't go wrong. There was this suitcase, heavy duty with wheels and a good strong handle for only £14.99. If this goes well, I think I'll dispense with the sack and pop back and buy that. Use the suitcase in future. It was plastic, so I can clean it out afterwards. Where was I? So I'm going to cut this section and then move on to the next. I'll then do below the knee and then we'll do your other leg. I know that this is my first one, so it won't be my best. Sorry about that. You'll be my experimental body, so to speak. But it will get better, as I'm a quick learner. That's what my primary school teacher used to say to me. She'd say, Vivian, you might look like a mucky pup, playing in the mud and all that, but you're a bright one. You know your alphabet and your times table is coming on a treat. Mrs. Hind, that was her name. She was a lovely teacher. Terrible teeth, though. You couldn't get away with that now. Not when there's dentures available on the NHS. No excuse. So, we'll do the front of this leg, then the other. Then we'll do your chest and tummy. Although, you don't have a classic six-pack. You're very well-toned, you know. And I know you don't go to the gym. You told me so yourself. It must be good genes. Probably on your mother's side. You do have a, a feminine quality about you. And that's not to cast aspersions on your father, as I'm sure he's a lovely chap. But I always like to think that sons follow in their mother's footsteps. Then I'll do your arms. I'm going to try and get them all in one, so to speak. So, from the shoulder, past the elbow, which might be the problem area, and then down to your wrist. Hands and fingers are always going to be a bind, so when I cut off your hands, I'm going to let them soak in a solution and see if we can't ease the skin off. Oh, that would be remarkable, wouldn't it? To get a whole hand without having to slice it piece by piece. Hmm, are looking at the skin on the top of your hands. It does look a bit thin, but hey-ho, we'll give it a go and see what we can do. Then I'll do your face. I watched a couple of old Western films recently, just to break me in gently, you know, about scalping, and it really did help. And then I decided to be bold and move things up a gear. There were some interesting cosmetic documentary video clips on YouTube which were really helpful. You know, an in-depth look at how cosmetic surgeons work. To be honest, I really couldn't tell much of a difference with some of them. I mean, if you're only going to have a bone shave here and there, why bother? I know, we all have our own sets of values and looks and all that are subjective, but really? <laughs> I think some folks could have saved themselves a few thousand and gone on a lovely holiday somewhere. I'll peel your face off. I might need to cut around the lips. Yours look a bit delicate and I, I don't know whether they'll come off with the rest of the face. But again, we'll see what's what. And with some practice, I'll get the hang of it. Then I'll rip off your hair in one piece, I think, and, and let that sit in a bowl of detergent. And I don't mean any disrespect by that, as you seem to have a good sense of hygiene, but as I'll need your hair, I want to get rid of any body grease. After that, I'm going to pop out your eyes. Just, just, well, 
just because? I don't really need them, but yours are such a lovely colour, and I want to keep them as a memento of our evening together. After that, I'll flip you over, and we'll do your shoulder, back, bum, and what's left of your legs. I think they'll be easier. The shoulders, back and bum might even come off in one go. That would be a bonus. Right then, shall we start? I did mention that I'd let you know why I'm doing this. It probably seems a bit random after what I said earlier. You know, about Bill Gates, population, fox hunting and Soylent Green. I did have a lot on my mind during those early days of discovery. I was filled with, with so much anger and frustration and well, disbelief, to be honest. I just couldn't figure out where we'd arrived at. And by we, I mean us, as humans. Out of all the species on the planet, ours was the one that evolved and became the dominant force. Heaven knows how or why. I guess it just happened that way. And then to think of what we're doing with that, that power, for want of a better word, it all seems so pointless, futile, self-destructive. I mean, why bother? creating and inventing and exploring and teaching and this and that and then in the blink of an eye it can all be written off wiped away why why would you subscribe to a destructive way of thinking now <clears throat> this bit's a tad tricky I just need to cut here and yep around there oh, oh there's blood gushing I must have nicked an artery or something. Let me get some kitchen roll and put some pressure on that. We don't want you passing out. Not just yet, anyway. Oh, love. I can tell just by looking in your eyes that you're all at sixes and sevens. A hundred questions. Well, maybe more, in fact, racing through your mind. But looking into your baby blues, I can see no anger there. No... Not even a glimmer of resentment. In fact, I don't see any pain. Just questions. And maybe a little bit of sadness. Don't you worry. I'm not sure how much longer you'll be conscious, so I, I want to tell you as much as I can while there's still time. There. That bleeding should slow down. So, your skin and why you? Well, as I was wrestling with everything, after the horrible Facebook animal-killing photos and all that, and the notion that we as humans were overwhelmingly responsible for wiping all other life forms off the planet, and the fact that we're so overpopulated, I wondered how I, as in me personally, should address this. What can I do to help matters? I mean, it's all well and good people signing online petitions and emailing your MP and handing over a fiver to help a poor bear in Siberia. But when it comes down to it, there's only so much that one person can do. Now, as you probably know, seeing as you yourself pointed out that I never liked having my photo taken, as there weren't any pictures of me when we had our office outings, I'm the more solitary type. I don't need any fuss or trumpet fanfare. 
I don't need to post and boast online. Instagram and Twitter and Twatter and all that. No, I live my life simply and want to achieve things in an understated way. So only I know. And that's all that matters. I know, in my heart of hearts, that I have done my bit to help. And that's what I'm doing here. I'm doing this to help. To help humanity. And to make my own statement in my own home. So I can feel comfortable going out into the madness of the world. Knowing that when I come home to my safe place, I've made a concerted effort to help the problem. Now, obviously, I can't roll this out on a large scale. Well, there's just me. And this venture is a little risky. I have to be very careful. So I'm thinking of this as a sort of boutique culling, rather than a big-scale affair. Oh, oh, you're bleeding again. Let me get that. There you go. Not much longer, love. You're doing ever so well. So, after the first stole incident, I had a sleepless night. And at about two in the morning, I just had to get up. And it was after I calmed myself down, took a couple of deep breaths, thought about Goa, and settled down, that my helplessness suddenly turned to anger. How would we like it if animals just bred us and skinned us just so they could wear us, hey? How would we like that? Well, (laughs) I laughed at myself at first. I thought, (laughs) Vivian, you really have gone off at the deep end, love. I really did. But you know, the thought just wouldn't go away. It rattled around in my mind for days and days. At night, it it was like a recurring dream that wouldn't let up. That's when all of this started to fall into place. Well, I have to tell you. The moment the penny dropped and I collected my thoughts, I knew what I had to do. For the sake of the animals, humanity and my sanity, I needed to... Now, how can I put this delicately? I just needed to skin someone. There. (laughs) I've said it said it out loud, I needed to skin someone, to cut off their flesh, dry it out, sew it together, and make a blouse out of the pieces. I looked at the faces of those trophy hunters and despised them. I went online and I looked at them posing inside their houses, the heads of other animals mounted on their living room walls, trophy skins on the floor as rugs, and... Do you know what? It sickened me to my very core. How dare they take a life like that, of species that are so few in number? How dare they rob this planet of its diversity and beauty? I read recently that two-thirds of all animal species are being wiped out. A hundred thousand elephants killed in the last three years too many species with once robust populations now reduced to a a few thousand, a few hundred or even less. Humans 
are rapidly destroying the natural world in a blood-soaked pursuit of false power, ego, ignorance and stupidity. The balance needed to be readdressed. I know what you might be thinking. In fact, I'm sure you're thinking, what right did I have to do that very same thing to another living being? Well, I'll tell you. I needed to throw something back at the world, to show the, the ether, the, the universe, the world, the, the bloody postman, that this is not acceptable and that someone, somewhere, needed to take a stand. And I am that someone. That I myself am prepared to take the skin off one of the predatory humans, dry it out, stitch it together, wax it, and wear it at the next office bash to fight back. People will love it. I can just see it now. Fiona, Julie, Marsha, Frank, and even Chris. They'll all come up to me and say, oh, Vivian, your blouse is really something. So unusual, so original. And I just smile. And quietly agree. But what they won't know, as they're sipping their discounted carver and consuming too many maritime-style canapes, is that the bloody blouse is made from the arms, legs, neck, back and bum of their once marketing manager, who has mysteriously disappeared, last seen leaving the office bragging that he was off to Hackney Wick on a blind date. Thank goodness for the anonymity of online dating. Anyone can create a faux profile these days. <laughs> the look on your face when you walked in and saw it was me. And why you, I hear you ask? In my mind, of course. Oh, love, don't drift off yet. You need to know why you. Well, it's simple, really. It was 46 days ago. I hadn't quite planned who I'd use as my first experiment. There were several contenders, but the choices, well, <laughs> the choices, there were so many options. Now, I sent an email round to everyone in the office about signing a petition for a worldwide ban the import-export of the spoils of trophy hunting. I was very passionate about it, and it's not something that I would normally do, but I really believe that we need to address this situation. It was going well. There was lots of encouragement from people. Even Martin in accounts was on board. And here was me having a hard time imagining he had any sort of passion in him whatsoever. Goodness knows how he managed to father two children, but well, there you go. But then my notions of, of making a difference took a bit of a knock when there was a posting a response to mine from you on the company intranet of a picture of Donald Trump's sons on a big game hunt. And I can quote the original posting word for word. On 13th March 2012, the website Gothamist published an article titled Photos, Donald Trump's sons awesome at killing elephants and other wildlife. It said, 
animal rights activists are revolted by a series of trophy photos that have emerged showing Eric and Donald Trump Jr. posing with a dead elephant, kudu, civet cat and waterbuck while on a big game safari in Zimbabwe last year. In one photo, Donald Jr. proudly holds a dead elephant tail in one hand and a knife in the other. In another, the brothers are seen standing beside a 12-foot, 8-inch crocodile hanging from a noose of a tree. I was sickened to my core when I saw this, and I thought that others would be, and most were. But you, you, well, you were so flippant and dismissive. You even superimposed your face on Eric and John's, the Solway tech consultant on Donald Jr., and renamed the post, What Real Men Do on Holiday. That was it. That was the final straw. Even Evelyn, the cleaner, thought you'd gone too far. You see, if you just kept your mouth shut and not tried to be such a macho lad, none of this would have happened to you. No, it would have been Mike in digital support who'd be laying here on this table right now, him with his wandering hands and smutty innuendos. You'd have lived to pose and posture for another day. Hmm, you would. But it was at that moment, after I'd gone for a walk, bought myself a triple-shot latte and focused my feelings, that a plan of action began to unfold. And, as I've said previously, here we are today. Now, I'm going to need a steady hand as I cut along your hairline. There you go. This scalpel is sharp. It's a good clean cut. Right across there and down the side of your face, just around the ear down along the neckline, across and up the other side, and along here and right there, and oh, we meet where we started. Now I am impressed with myself. And now, just let me look into your eyes. Hmm. I can see you're starting to go, aren't you? Oh, hey, what with the blood loss and shock to the body and you realising why all this came about. Because you were behaving like a repugnant toad. It's all becoming a bit too much for you, isn't it? Well, just before I pull your face off, I want you to know what I'm going to do with that. The face, that is. After all... I can't sew that into my blouse, can I? <laughs> no? Well, that wouldn't do. People would think I was a psychotic loon. I'm going to dry it out. Apply some Vaseline Intensive Care Spray Moisturiser Cocoa Radiant. And then... Wear it. Yeah, you heard right. I'm going to wear your face. I wanted to truly get beneath the skin of someone who thinks that killing innocent wildlife for fun is okay. Those with big guns who stack the odds in their favour. 
For my part, I'm all for two creatures getting into the ring together. Let's say a man and a lion, with no weapons, just what nature had given them to begin with. And then let them fight it out, fair and square, and then let's see who walks out alive. I'm placing my bet on the lion, if I have to be honest. Every night, after my shower, I'm going to reach into my drawer and pull out your face. I'm going to pop it on and for a few minutes try and get into the mindset of someone like you. It's like trying to get under your skin and seeing the world through your perspective. Now, I can't say seeing the world through your eyes as I really can't do that. But they'll be in a plastic container at the back of the fridge and from time to time I'll look at them and try and understand, whilst wearing your face, how you see the world. After all, one can only better oneself when one tries to look at the same situation from another's point of view. And that's what I, in my own way, am trying to do. Just getting a different perspective, as I want to be fair. Just so you know that. And as for the rest of your body, well, when I've cut off all I need, I'm going to cut it up into bite-sized steaks and feed it to the foxes. That's right. Every night, I'm going to pop over the park fence, just like the crackheads do, and hand you out bit by bit to the local wildlife. Well, they must be a bit tired of the bread and rice people leave out for them, and the odd chicken bone from Fantastic Fried Chicken. I really wish those lads wouldn't throw the chicken bones on the ground when they've had their £2.99 two-piece meal. They're really dangerous if the dogs chew on them. They can cause so much damage to their stomachs. And speaking of bones, those, well those, I'm going to saw into manageable lengths with a super little hacksaw I bought on sale from B&Q. And after I've fed the foxes, I'm going to make my way home via the corner of Scepter Road and Portman Place and hand them out to Biffa, Henry and Silo, the guard dogs at Albert's Junk and MOT Centre, so they can feast on your delicious marrow. Your skull? Well, your skull... I'm going to scrape out and pop that in the dishwasher, along with the scalpels, and then glaze it. It'll be useful on Halloween, when I can hang it outside, dripped in fake theatre blood, and scare off the local feral children. They're mostly overweight and heading towards type 2 diabetes anyway, so need all the sugar deterrents they can get. Anyway, think of it as you being a benefactor to the planet's animal life. You know providing sustenance to the local urban wildlife community. Animal Soylent Green. Though you'll be a lot healthier as you won't have been processed and additives pumped in. No, you'll be an organic source of food. And when you're gone, every little bit of you, right down to your you-know-whats, then I'll turn my attention elsewhere. To the next hedonistic homo sapien who dares cross my path. Right then, let me ease that corner up, and then that one, and if I grab both corners and rip, it should all come off in one. Ready? 
and well done good job Vivian the face all in one now let's flip you over Written, directed, and produced by Simon James Collier. Music and soundscape design, Zachary Elliott Hatton. Co-producer, Adam Deschanel. Recorded at the Umbrella Room Studio, London. Engineer, Ben Robbins. Graphic design, Clockwork Digital Studios.